Today I get the chance to sit down with Apollo Ono. We're going to have a chat uh, about success, about winning, about what it takes to really get things done. And, you know, Apollo, he had eight Olympic medals, two gold, two silver, four bronze. That's eight more than I have. He won countless championships. I've uh, seen a lot of other um, you know, non-Olympic gold, 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 gold on your Wikipedia. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you, you, you have the most medals of any winter Olympian, is that right? Uh, any male U.S. winter Olympian, yeah. One extra qualifier in there. <laughs> Still sounds pretty dope. Still eat more than I'll ever have. <laughs> so I appreciate you taking the time to, to sit and chat with us. Yeah, man. It's nice to meet you. Good to, uh, to hang. Thanks. Thanks. Um, you know, we, we were kind of having a chat already off camera of like, you know, some of the dark places a person has to go to, to to get things done in the real world that it's not always, you know, happy. People say, you know, oh, I want to be motivated. Or people say to me, they confuse it about... 3.4, 3.5 million on Instagram at the moment and a few other channels that are decent sized. And I say, you know, oh, you know, motivational speaker, motivate. Like, I don't want any clients that I have to motivate. I think about that with my clients. Like, I don't, I don't want anybody, I don't want to work with anybody that I have to motivate them. If they're not internally motivated to get something done, um, I can't bet on that person to win versus numerous other people that are, you know, when they're not motivated, they're at least disciplined to go do what's necessary to have mm. the outcomes they have in mind. Mm. What, what are your thoughts on this motivation versus discipline or, uh, or any other angle that you might have on that topic? I have a lot of thoughts about that. I, look, I think, I think first and foremost, everyone's different, right? I think two, motivation's important. Obviously, discipline is what you can lean on when your motivation fades. Uh, you know, every Olympic athlete will tell you that they're motivated, but a four-year journey is a long time. Sometimes an eight-year journey is a long time. When your race only lasts, you know, 40 seconds long or a minute and a half long, but you're training, you know, all day, every day for years with no real sight in terms of is the metric of me hitting that bullseye getting more clear and, and, and better? And you get, like, some level of, like, guidance, but I think that motivation is important, man. I, I Look, I when I retired, like, 12 years ago, and this is what we were talking about off-camera, I think there was, like, a part of me that believed that you could have this like very holistic kind of wholesome approach towards success. And I, and I think that's still somewhat true, but I think in terms of like the extreme environments where, you know, and you hear people say like, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of, of basically either putting excuses for myself or pointing to other people for failures versus saying like, what can I and how can I accept responsibility? And culturally we've seen this kind of change too, where, now there's there's like these two dichotomies of approaches, right? One is, you know, you kind of got like the Jocko approach where like extreme ownership. Everything that I touch, I'm going to accept responsibility for. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't touch it, I'm going to accept responsibility for that. And there's the other side that uh, kind of pushes everything off, off to everyone else. I think I'm somewhere in the middle um, with kind of a tendency to always just have the weight on your own back, right? Kind of like Sisyphus, so to speak. So I, I think... You know, it's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint everyone. Like, there's no real blueprint for success. I think there's similarities in everyone's path. And what we were saying off camera is, like, I think probably one of the reasons why you've had so much success is you just deliver a lot of stuff to people that they typically don't maybe or maybe don't want to say to themselves. And it kind of rings this bell to say, like, hey, I know this already, but it's time for me to come to terms of saying, like, yes, was my childhood messed up? Was this hard? Am I missing some of the pieces? Maybe I don't have all the cards or the people are dealt. Like these are all just, like they're effectively just excuses, right? And there's other people in the world 
who have been given significantly less, who have been less genetically designed um, for success, or just had every single odd stacked against them that have won. And so like, there, there's so many stories like that from all over the world, from our country, from others. And I have always looked at that as kind of inspiration. So, you know, because I think it's easy to get into this like victimized mindset because culturally we, we, we allow that to happen sometimes. I think everybody's soft today. My, my grandmother on my dad's side was tougher than most of what, what passes for a man today. It's different, my my yeah. grandmother was tougher. My grandmother was tough. She worked in a factory. Her brother died in the war, of course, and mm -hmm. all these you know, World War II era yeah. stories. And her family left Poland, and the, the family that stayed in Poland didn't work out good for them. Yeah. And um, you know, she lost her. She was working in a in a bomb making. Uh, a t she worked in a factory that made clocks that then was repurposed to make timing devices for bombs. So she was involved in you know production of bombs for the war. And she had her finger caught in a hydraulic press and lost, you know, about a, a third of her finger. Uh. And she was very proud of that. And she never cried about, you know, I never heard any whiny, cryy, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, no, obviously I seen her, you know, decades after this happened when she was grandma. She was a young woman when this happened to her. But she was always proud of that as an old woman that uh, it, was, it was like her purple heart or mm. her sacrifice that, you know, her family and, and mm. others made. And, you know, today if... Uh, any emotional inconvenience that a, a young man might meet, you know, <laughs> he might just give up. You know, it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, I think I think, it's, I think you're, there, there's like look, there's a lot of truth in that, right? I think there's also, there's also, you know, like in the U.S., I'd like to think that we're becoming a more evolved society, and with that comes a whole set of like comforts that typically 50 years ago we didn't have, right? Just the abundance of food, the abundance of access, the abundance of capital. All these things are. And they will make you very comfortable, right? And so when you don't have certain things in your life, you don't have to struggle. But the biggest growth comes from those struggles and those periods. And so I think it's up to us now in this new era to figure out how do I continue to keep sharpening my own sword in my own way. And if you feel like the world is stacked against you and you're just getting no's, and that's enough friction in itself. But I don't know, man. It's like, uh, you know, without getting like too philosophical, like I had, a, I had a talk with a friend of mine the other day because we both like to read history and we're kind of looking at the U.S. and where the U.S. is in comparison to the rest of the world, right? You've kind of got China as a superpower. You've got the U.S. here, a lot of kind of geopolitical conflict. And like part of it's, you know, a lot of times, like even more recently, most of us don't even see, we don't see war unless we're in the military, right? Like it's just not shown to us in certain ways. And so we as a society, like we don't, we're not taking over other continents anymore. Like that, that, that psychology doesn't exist in our world. And so we're doing it through software, right? The way that people are communicating and, and kind of conquering, so to speak, in business is a different place than it was, I think, many, many years ago. And so soft is, is it's an interesting word to say. I think that um, I think people in general, like, like my father, for example, came to this country, didn't have a single dollar to his name. You know, he didn't speak a word of English in a time when, you know, Japanese people were not probably the most accepted in this country. Uh, and he struggled, right? And he still struggled. Doesn't make a lot of money, but he like takes a lot of pride and ownership in that. And I always think about that, like you know, in my first world problems when I'm like complaining about something. I'm like, oh shit! Like my dad, he actually doesn't even want that much. He just wants to survive, you know. And so it's a uh, lot to be yearned and learned from. I think our ancestry. Uh, I just get scared sometimes to think about like the future generation of like where this is potentially going if we don't retain some of those really strong skill sets of perseverance, grit, mindset. Um, and sometimes that stuff is not the most pleasant, right? The place you have to go to 
psychologically can be really deeply painful and everyone has their own trauma in their life and I think that you can either allow that to paralyze you in a certain perspective or you can use that as a catalyst to just metabolize and you just keep eating that and that is a driving force and that's fine that's totally cool right as long as you know that this is happening the, the majority of, uh, of my audience and you know something very close to 100% of my clients are people that um, they've, they've already done a couple tough things in life you know maybe they went to college maybe they were a military person but they already did something at uh, you know a moderately high level mm. and some of them are exceptional that you know I, one of my clients is an Olympic swimmer um, numerous people that were you know, have athletic awesome. backgrounds or military backgrounds or you know they did some Love pretty it. tough things in life um, I'd say you know the, the the universal thought that uh, I'd say almost every client has is is somebody that they, they want to come work with me or be around the other clients to, to have a, an environment where we're, we're talking about reality. We're not talking about, you know, whimsical nonsense of we're going to have these fantastic outcomes without making the effort, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, just for, for a, a philosophic thought that I had, I, I, if I took two extra classes, I would have had a bachelor's in philosophy to go with my business degree. So uh, when you said, uh, you know, ah, not to be too philosophic, but I kind of think that way. But anyway, um, you know, philosophic thought I had early in life is just like, well, you know, nobody's responsible for my outcomes except for me. And, you know, you're, you're, my mommy can't make my life as an adult. My daddy's not mm -hmm. going to make my life as an adult, you know. And I had that thought, you know, but, eh, by my mid-teenage years, like nobody's responsible for my outcomes except for me. And then I had a lot of negative emotions about that because I was working hard, but I was kind of a little angry about it a lot of the time, which is not necessarily a bad thing all the time, but, you know. I thought about that a little more deeply. I'm like, you know what? Nobody's responsible for my emotions except for me either. <laughs> so if I'm if I'm in a sour mood, who the hell's fault is that? Is that you know, is, is the universe conspired against me, or <laughs> should I just change my attitude about something? Mm -hmm. or, and that that helped me a lot. That um, for the things that I took very seriously and I mm -hmm. and I wanted to to work diligently at, and yeah, um, I have a, a bit of an obsessive personality, which I'm, I'm certain that you do to to do what you've done. You that that has to be true. Um, so, you know, for me to, to focus and obsess on something, I'm like, well, if, if you already made the decision that you're going to do the thing, then you might as well be in the best possible mood while you do the thing. And it, I'm a little embarrassed to say that, you know, I, I was damn near 30 by the time I really internalized that thought. And I thought, you know, you really made your, you were really, really a lot angrier than you needed to be for like more than a decade. I think that happens to people in their 40s and 50s. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was probably 28, 29 by the time I, I really internalized that and could behave that way day to day that I'm like, well, you're going to do the thing anyway, so you might as well be in the best possible mood while you're doing it. Yep. And that really freed up a lot more mental energy and, and felt more rested, if you will. I had more energy in general to, to contribute or to continue compounding towards the, the goals that I had, you know? So you, you yeah. must have had experiences like this. I, I look at anger as it's nitrous. You can't use it all the time. Use it all the time, you burn out. And you basically punch yourself out used in very strategic moments of time when you really need it and hopefully not direct that at other people, it's really powerful, just like every other emotion, right? Um, but it has to be kind of reeled in at the same time. Uh, I, I think the most powerful of all the, the things that, that we need are some kind of semblance of like purpose. And that purpose can be your family, your purpose can be like your own deciding, this is my true north, I need to make a name for myself, this is what I believe that I deserve in my life. Whatever the purpose is, I think remaining committed to that path is really, really important because the, we live in a world filled with so much distraction 
and this person's doing this, this person has this project, this person made this much, this channel's making this much. All these things distracting you away from the ultimate goal of what you're doing. And it's okay to hear these things as long as they're kind of guidance and, 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 and tools to help you understand what the competition is. But at the end of the day, you're really just steering yourself in this trajectory to say like, I'm going in this direction and I know I need to stay committed to this path. I can make small calibrative movements and I can recalibrate at times, but I need to stay on this path because this is the way. Because if you keep going like this and like this, you're basically just zigzagging up the mountain and that's gonna take you a long time when you mm -hmm. can just go like this, right? And I think that's something that my dad told me a long time ago, right? Is, is he's like, look, if you do something, you can't always control what the outcome is gonna be. You, you will absolutely fail multiple times in your life. Um, in terms of like that result of not getting what you think that you deserve that you want. However, that process of you doing so is the most important thing. And so the prize is there. You know, I talk about this and other things. Like how do you focus so much on the process to understand that even if you fall short of what that prize or that metric or that goal was, you're so geared up and ready for the next one, it doesn't even matter. It's just a chapter. Boom, flip the page, start writing again. You know, so if you fail, fail fast. Extract the knowledge from that as much as possible. Learn to pivot. And, and go down the next road in your life. I've had so many failures, both in sport and out of sport. Um, and I've always said like, one of my favorite poems slash quotes is, uh, is good timber, right? It's just like good timber does not grow with ease. The greater wind, the greater trees, right? The, so the stronger wind, the stronger trees. And so that, that mindset to me of like the scars that we accrue over time um, can be very powerful to us.